Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. I've been traveling all over. I mean, I was just back at home visiting my parents, which was okay. Uh... (laughs) I love, my, I love my parents, but they did have me go to church with them. And I don't know if you guys have ever been to a Catholic mass before. If you haven't, I would summarize the experience as mostly a priest trying to sing. <laughs> giving it a go, trying his hand at it. And every Catholic priest sings like this. They all just kind of find one note, ride it out. <laughs> Not a lot of wavering with the Catholic priest. Every Catholic priest sings like they're leading up to something. Like maybe they're gonna get to something and then it's gonna just... And you're like, why is no one stopping this? Kind of feels like someone could stand up and be like, hey, that's not singing. Cut it out. Then you realize everybody in the church comes here every single Sunday. Maybe they know something you don't. Maybe they know this is going to get good. So you're like, all right, I guess I'll just strap in with the rest of the church. Go up this roller coaster hill, click by click. Eventually we'll get to the top of the mountain. Maybe there'll be some sort of payoff. So you wait and you wait. And eventually you get to the top and you're like, okay, priest, show me what you got. And then he pulls it out of his back pocket. And this whole time he kind of just wanted to show you that he knows how to do this. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Nicole Boyce here to bring you another episode of Stand Up with Chris Stefano, a special half-hour edition. Uh, today we have a very funny comedian on. You just heard his stand-up. It's Joe Quizala, and uh, we'll have him on in the second half of the episode. But first, but first, we'll be playing some clips from some of Joe's favorite comedians, all hand-picked, organic, uh, homegrown clips um, from comedians such as Eugene Merman, Demetri Martin, and later, after the interview, playing a clip from Jim Gaffigan. So stick around for that. Some very classic half-hour bits here. And uh, just a reminder that we're working on the new format here over at Stand Up with Chris Stefano headquarters. Um, some people don't know, uh, Chris Stefano headquarters, a lab with over 10,000 uh, stand-up scientists working hard uh, to create the perfect stand-up podcast. So please write in with any opinions you have about the podcast and what you would like to see moving forward. My Instagram, Twitter, Nicole W. Boyce, leave a comment on our Apple podcast page or uh, wherever you listen to this podcast, as they say in the biz, you know. Also, another bit of housekeeping, we will be off next week uh, for Thanksgiving. Uh, so you can all spend time with your loved ones. Um, Mary, uh, Mary Gobble Gobble, as they, uh, that's, that's what they say. Uh, let's play some stand-up. Um, it's a great year. I mean, I've had such an exciting year. I had a great Christmas this year. I set a personal record on Christmas. I got my shopping done three weeks ahead of time. Yeah. I had all the presents back in my apartment. I was halfway through wrapping them, and I realized, damn, I used the wrong wrapping paper. 
The paper I used said, happy birthday. I didn't want to waste it, so I just wrote Jesus on it. A drunk driver is very dangerous. Everybody knows that. But so is a drunk backseat driver if he's persuasive. Dude, make a left. Those are trees. Trust me. <laughs> to me, swimming is a confusing sport. Because sometimes you do it for fun, but then other times you do it to not die. <laughs> and when I'm swimming, sometimes I don't know which one it is. I gotta go by the outfit. Pants. Uh-oh. Bathing suit, okay. Naked, we'll see. Should I be swimming faster? Or am I getting laid? I like parties, but I don't like pinatas. Because the pinata promotes violence against flamboyant animals. Hey, there's a donkey with some pizzazz. Let's kick his ass. What I'm trying to say is don't make the same Halloween costume mistake that I did. <laughs> I was making pancakes the other day and a fly flew into the kitchen. And that's when I realized that a spatula is a lot like a fly swatter. And a crushed fly is a lot like a blueberry. And a roommate is a lot like a fly eater. <laughs> I think it's interesting that cologne rhymes with alone. <laughs> if I have to move up in a building, I choose the elevator over the escalator. Because one time I was riding the escalator and I tripped. I fell down the stairs for an hour and a half. <laughs> Just kept falling. I think employee of the month is a good example of when a person can be a winner and a loser at the same time. I like sports. I like professional football. I like to go, yeah. Wow. I like to get to the stadium. I like to get to the stadium to see the games live, you know? And I paint my chest before I leave the house. But I don't have that many friends, you know, so I usually just do punctuation <laughs> and like tack on a group already in progress. <laughs> but sometimes, like, but sometimes it works out kind of weird because we, we ended up on TV one time and it said, uh, Jets? I, I live in Brooklyn, and, um, yeah. I was on the street, and I ran into the ex-boyfriend of an acquaintance from college, and I wish that it was okay in our culture to look at people and just be like, I know you! <laughs> Goodbye! <laughs> but you can't. <laughs> You have to talk. Um, 
so I decided that I would just make stuff up about how things are going. And he, he was like, so where do you live? And I was like, oh, I live here in Brooklyn with Harrison Ford. And, uh, and I'm, I, I kill horses. I'm a horse assassin. You know, it's a good job. Good union. I was thinking about truth or dare and what the first dare was. And I bet the first dare was probably a caveman daring a cavewoman to throw a burning stick at a monster. And I bet she was like, okay, truth. And I bet he was like, what's your biggest fantasy? And I bet she was like, agriculture. A lot of people think that uh, kids say the darndest things. But so would you if you had no education. You'd just be... You'd just be like, I am bike cheese. Because you wouldn't know what words were. I don't have a kid, but I think that I would be a good father, you know, especially if my baby liked to go out drinking. <laughs> when, I was, when I was growing up from 6th to 12th grade, I was, I was in special ed. And it's true. They put me in special ed because they thought I was slow. But I stayed in special ed for the ladies. <laughs> this, the story, though, of uh, how, which is sadly true, of how I was put into special ed was that in sixth grade, I had to do a book report. And I was like, book report, got it. And then three weeks later, I came in dressed as Bill Cosby. And, but not from the Cosby show. I saw him uh, from I Spy. And also, I was dressed as a cowboy because I once saw him dressed as a cowboy. But I wasn't in blackface. I wasn't crazy. You know, so I came in dressed as a cowboy and I was like, I'm Bill Cosby. And... <laughs> And then I lip-sang his stand-up comedy for five minutes. And the teacher, and this is the best part, the teacher was like, you get an A+, but you have to see a doctor. I used to, uh, I used to temp at Fidelity with the, they sell the money. And... Uh, I used to answer their phones, but I'd answer them in my movie phone voice. So I'd be like, welcome to Fidelity. This is Eugene Merman. How can I help you? And I heard this woman go, oh, another machine. And I went, I am not a machine. And she was like, robots are alive. That was Eugene Merman and Dimitri Martin, and I'm Nicole Boyce, and I'm sitting here today with the comedian who just recorded his half hour, and it aired on Comedy Central. You can catch it on cc.com or the app. It's Joe Quazala. Joe, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. Thank you so much. Um, your half hour. 
Yes. It was very funny. Thank you so much. Uh, loved all the jokes. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad that's what you liked. <laughs> uh, loved the outfits. Loved the it was uh, mixed on the jokes. Um, <laughs> the uh, the Catholic bit about Catholic sing the priest singing. Mm-hmm. I think I heard you do it like two years ago or a year ago mm-hmm. in New York or something like that. Maybe at like comedians you should know or like one of the yeah. I rec- I recall being here like two years ago and doing doing it. Yeah. Um, couldn't stop thinking about it until now, and then I heard it again, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is one of my favorite jokes of all time. It oh, is so you. funny. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, it is my opener. It's my opening joke for a reason. It really, the crowd loves it. Yeah. Because I think it hits deep with all the, the all the Catholics. And then even, even people, myself, yeah, Catholic. right? Especially if you're Catholic, it's like, oh yeah. And then, <laughs> but also I have found, you know, I've done audiences that are not, not you know, Catholic. I'm, yeah, like it's not Wait, like people are not Catholic. Every every one of my audiences is uh, majority Catholic, <laughs> but I think there is a recognition both because a lot of faiths have similar things, uh-huh. and also people who aren't Catholic uh-huh. sometimes are like, "Oh yeah, I've been to a Catholic church before, whether it's for a, a wedding or a funeral, or you know, uh, sometimes you just wind up at a church. Sometimes you, uh, you walk into a room and, and it that's, happens to be a church. That, yeah, that's right. That common experience. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that that is something that if you've been to a Catholic church once, right. that is probably something you have noticed. Yes, because the, the, the repetition singing. and it happens so often, mm-hmm. so it really hits home. Yeah. It's a very, very well-crafted joke. Thank I you so much. Um, I got heckled in the middle of it. Really? Yes. I didn't see that part. They yeah, cut that we, out. It, they expertly cut it out. You really cannot <sighs> tell. tell at all. But I had to. I mean, I did not want to like deal with a heckler and have that be in the special. So I just went sure. back to a point before it and then picked it up. Wow. Yeah. How was the crowd's response to that? I mean. Were they on your side as far as the yeah, heckler? Yeah, okay. for sure. I mean... Was it an angry mob? <laughs> yeah. I know. It was just really confusing, and I, I was almost stunned uh-huh. a little bit. Because uh-huh. they're at a taping. It's very... It's like, how could this happen? <laughs> and, I, and Sarah Schaefer had recorded right before me, uh-huh. okay. and she also got heckled. So the audience had experienced someone heckling, mm-hmm. and then being admonished for it Mm -hmm. and then like and then they all forgot (laughs) or like this one person forgot and then chose to heckle after sarah had been like very specific and direct with this person in the audience like Uh hey don't fucking do this (laughs) you (laughs) know did it again yeah that's crazy yeah what um what position did you record yours in like which uh were you in the middle of the group or towards the beginning it was first first night First night. First night, second show, second okay. comic. So I was the fourth one to record. Okay. Out was of that 12. Out of 12, yes. Famously a 12. 12 yeah, group. the dozen, baby. <laughs> the <laughs> Comedy Central dozen. dozen. Yeah. Um, what was the process like uh, working up to that? Like, were you doing half-hour sets as often as you could? Were you mm-hmm. kind of piecing it together? Or I how was. long have you been working on that material? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I had sent in my tape. Uh-huh. Uh, December 2017. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, and before then, I had been very fortunate. Uh, Beth Stelling took me out uh, for some road gigs. Okay, cool. So I had been doing sets that were about that length. Okay. And then Drew Michael did the same thing. So I was very fortunate to have uh, friends who were headlining who mm-hmm. could b- bring me along. Bring you on to do. I mean, and it wasn't even... Th- 
to say like, oh, okay, get your half hour ready. It was just, it happened to go that way right? where I was doing these longer sets. So uh-huh. I had put uh, a longer set together because uh-huh. I, I mean, I live in Los Angeles where longer sets are hard to come by. Yes. Um, so, so many celebrity drop-ins yeah. to work around. And yeah, it's, it's showcases. It's uh-huh. you're barely doing longer than 10 minutes. Sure. Um, so to be able to have leading up to that some uh, opportunities to... Mm-hmm come up with a longer set and figure out how the jokes that I had worked together as a full piece. And then leading up to the special, I was traveling. I I had to get out of LA in order to run the material. Okay. And so I did Austin, San Francisco, Denver. And like Denver, I think I was like, it was the week before. So I was like, Oh wow. I was really uh, getting it into fighting shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, do you have a preferred amount of time to perform? Do you have like what's your ideal spot time? <laughs> like if you could do yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I think one minute. <laughs> yeah. Twenty minutes is 20? like no one should do comedy longer than twenty minutes. <laughs> I kind of feel that way. It just it's like the it's just enough. Uh, and you know I do headlining sets but I just I sure. don't know I think I try to really mix it up when I do a yeah. longer set yeah like with different types of things and like uh, I will do like, like a video video component ah. or like I have a kind of sketchy type thing that I've been doing okay that fits and I can do it in any club but it like definitely it feels different from stand up and has like a jolt show. of yeah I, I think the way I like to approach it to keep the audiences uh, just I know when I'm in an audience and I've seen a few comics and the last comic is doing 45 fucking minutes (laughs) it's like often it is great but also it doesn't always have to just be a headlining set does not always have to just be stand up right that's why I think these half hours I mean it's the perfect it's such a digestible amount of comedy Mm -hmm. that's very Right. Which gives you enough. It gives you like enough to like understand like you really get inside like who this person is. But yes. then you're you it ends like very cleanly. I always mm-hmm. find that they're very satisfying. To yeah, watch. not it's not too short. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. that. You yeah, yeah. you get a sense of them, but it's not doesn't overstay its welcome. Right, right, right. So you talked about doing sketch and stuff on stage. Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, some somewhat. Yeah, some sketch might you might say. Right. Um, and I actually been watching those 31 for 30 videos that you did oh yeah so joe released 31 videos on your 31st birthday mm-hmm. which you just had another birthday right because i well, looked up the do date you want, do you want the the secret what the real secret what it was not <gasps> exclusive re- it was not released on my birthday what and i never said it oh my but God. i the thing is everyone you're not alone everyone believes that it came out on my birthday that just like happened i mean the branding of it is not great like it makes it seem like i turned 31 and here are the 31 videos the reality is and the the, the narrative i tried to push which uh-huh. is true was uh when I turned 31, uh-huh. I decided to make 31 videos. Ah, uh, and you released them when they were done. Yeah, and so my birthday's in May. So, it, so like, you're not a Scorpio. No, okay. I'm, a tor- I'm a Taurus. <laughs> that's that's very good to hear because yeah. this interview would have gone completely different. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was just hard. I just stopped correcting people because it's just like it, the distinction is who gives a shit. Right, right, yeah. right. Well, it's very, okay, exclusive for, well, maybe not exclusive. Yeah, but, you know. in the beginning I tried to like be clear, but... Who cares? Who cares? I'm fine with the clean aspect of like 31 birthday. videos on your 31st 30. birthday. Yeah. yeah, it's very it's palatable to the audience. Yeah. Um, what was the thought behind doing that? 31 videos yeah. on one day. So 
it kind of came out of this thing I would do every year, which around the holidays when I would be home Mm -hmm. and bored at my parents' house is Mm -hmm. I would tweet 300 times in one day. (laughs) Yeah, and I I would uh, originally when I did it I was like this will be funny let's see how many followers I lose okay and I gained followers sick yeah that's the goal it will I I mean it was not originally but like well just the ultimate ultimate goal on Twitter yes exactly for life for life we just want followers in a sense much like Jesus ah yes (laughs) much like our Lord and Savior who had many followers and still does to this day the Catholic edition of this podcast (laughs) so uh every year it it became an annual thing and Uh I would I would gain followers and it kind of became it took a long time to do also it would it would take right. the entire day and into the night, uh, and it kind of became a little bit of an event, like a stunt, right? Sure. People could uh, people people could check in and see, like, okay, how many has he done? Mm-hmm. What's he tweeting now? Would you number them? I would not. Oh, but occasionally I'd be like halfway through. <laughs> Or, it's you know, over. this is tweet 200 or uh-huh. something like uh-huh. that. There are certain benchmarks where I would uh, I'd say how far along we are. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was the thing like people would check in on and it was... Uh, and so I took that mentality of like making a day sure. the event, sure. the stunt, that seemed to work. And how do I take... And like putting out a lot of content, right. how do I take that and improve on it? Okay. And to me, it okay. was like, okay, well, what if it's videos? Yeah. Instead of, you know, stupid tweets, often bad tweets. <laughs> what if I put time into making videos mm. and then release a bunch of those? Okay. And then I tried to think of like, okay, what's a manageable but impressive number that uh-huh. I could do? And then I thought of my age. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. And it, it's just a thing of like, it's very hard to get anyone to pay attention to videos online. Anything online, yeah. And so making a stunt, a stunt about it. out of it is one way to for people to perk up and to uh, come across as like, okay, what's something that like at the very least, because people were like weirdly impressed by the tweets. And like, I was just kind of like, what, yeah. were, what were the tweets about? Like, I mean, what? they're just jokes. Just jokes. Just stupid jokes. Just okay. 300 jokes. Uh, but I mean, it, that is an impressive amount. Like, I don't even know if I think that many words in a day. Yeah, <laughs> no, truly. Uh, me too, often. Uh, I'd have to really, like, uh, load up. Were you just writing, like, all day? Or were you, like, living your day, here's a tweet? Oh, I was, no. Or, like, oh, hardcore writer's I mean, room. If it's, if it's 300 in a day, it's, like... Tweet one out, like you got to get another one out in a minute. Like there's, it's it's hunk, so it's truly hunkering so down. Yeah, it's hunkering down. Yeah, yeah. But you got the time because you're at home. Mm-hmm. That's you're exactly right. it. And it's like this can be something That's I can easily do right. at home. Uh, but yeah, that is impressive. And so it's that kind of mentality of like, okay. You can put out a sketch and it can be good, but that's not going to be enough for people to pay attention to right. seek it out. Right. But when people start to get like impressed by something, that is sometimes enough to attract attention. Sure, sure. I think I remember one time I tweeted all the lyrics to Breathe 2 a.m. by Anna Nalik, Um and that lost me followers. <laughs> so maybe if I just did that 300 times... Then now we're talking. Mm, I now mean, we're talking. Hello. Stunted. <laughs> yeah, stunty. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of your jokes have to do with, uh, speaking of uh, lyrics, mm, segue, uh, the, with music stuff. I mean, you got the, the Catholic joke, the joke Saint about Catholic rock singing, and roll. They talk about being a rock and roll fan. Philly accents, maybe a song of their own. 
Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yes. Pittsburgh. Oh, I'm so sorry. How dare you? Um, are you a musician? Do you like music at all? I do. I love music. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I, I play guitar. And oh. I, I, ha- I have my own podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Really? Yes. And your favorites from it, or who's your favorite person in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Oh, probably Nirvana. Hell yeah. Uh, but uh big Nirvana fan. Yeah. In high school. Yeah. Well still. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> they're great. And their <laughs> their their induction is is particularly uh exciting. Good and exciting. When they they were inducted in twenty fourteen and Is that the one where Dave Grohl and Joan Jett yeah. played? Oh my god, I mean, that's it's, such it's, a good it's yes. The full band. I mean it's Pat Smear and right. Grohl and Novoselic and they play four songs and each song is a different singer. And it's a different woman. Oh, okay. So it's Joan Jett for Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yes. And then it's Kim Gordon for Aneurysm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then St. Vincent for Lithium. And then everybody comes out and then Lord does lead vocals on All Apologies. Holy shit. It's really great. That's like a really good list of people like, mm-hmm. as your super group. Yeah. And so like the reason I like know everything about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it's right. kind of weird. But like <laughs> there are things like that. That happen at these induction ceremonies, that I think are very cool. I think right. nobody ever sees it or like pays it. It's a weird, weirdly peripheral institution for a lot of right. people. But right, I really right. like these annual concerts that they do. Right. Uh, do you have any Grammy predictions? The nominations are coming out. Oh, on Grammy! Wednesday? Yeah, I. It's so funny. It's like I pay so much attention to the Rock Hall and then like the Grammys. I'm not even like it's not even on oh, my radar. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's like the joke. I, I say I like rock and roll, mm-hmm. which there's not a ton of rock and roll traditional rock and roll music now. Yeah. You know, certainly in what will be nominated for the big Grammys will not be what you consider to be traditional rock and, rock and roll. roll. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we uh, covered that distinction. Um, <laughs> so we're going to play some clips of comedians that you enjoy half hours. Mm-hmm. And we have Gaffigan, Eugene Merman, and Demetri Martin. Yeah. Um, were you a big half hour fan growing up? Oh, my up? God. Yeah, Absolutely. And- these are some of your favorites. Yes, these were ones that I could think of uh, when you put me on the spot and asked me <laughs> <laughs> which ones. Quick, your favorite comedians. Yeah. Did you try and like imitate styles or anything growing up? Were any of these like you tried to like copy, not copy, but no, I feel but like- No, I know what you mean. Yeah. I think there's just a general osmosis that happens when you listen to comedians a lot and then you start to do stand-up. Is right. It, it comes through even right. if you're thinking about it or not because that's what you know to be- stand-up cadence or structure yes you know yes, yes. so i i don't know i don't know that it was ever cognizant but but even then dimitri martin like using like prop comedy and changing like the traditional um, like way of just punchline build a punchline and he's integrates all these mm-hmm. drawings etc yeah i mean similar to your trying to mix it up and, in a sense yeah, yeah like the idea that a stand-up set doesn't have to just be one person and a microphone sure yeah yeah, yeah. i mean I, I was always very uh impressed by the way he put his sets together and famously when he recorded his half hour he did different segments to kind of control the edit Mm. so each uh segment Mm -hmm. is he's doing a different thing on on a different part of the stage he's with a guitar for one thing he's doing traditional stand-up for another so and he because i think especially back in the day actually mostly just kind of back in the day but comedians were not always thrilled with the edits okay okay i will say personally and everyone i know from this year very happy with the edits that the station made but i think we're talking to early 2000s uh comedians Mm -hmm. were not always thrilled with the edits that so what dimitri did was 
they can't cut back and forth between him sitting down at a guitar and then him at another part of the stage at the screen right, right, or right, whatever. Right. So they had to keep it the way that he wanted smart. it. Yeah. Okay. I remember very, thinking, oh, that's wise. That's very wise. Yeah. Um, do wise people do people give you advice like other comedians like that? Like you know, uh, Al Madrigal uh, okay. is a very uh, funny and kind to me person, <laughs> and he he uh, suggested that I go out and say hello to the audience before I record. Which I did. Okay. Uh, and I also had a good reason to do it. My parents were celebrating their like thirty fifth anniversary, wow. wedding anniversary. Congrats to them. Yeah, thirty five, thirty six. Yeah, and so I just came out and thanked the audience, and then also gave my parents were there, so okay. I, I gave a shout out to them and oh. thanked them for because they're also extremely supportive, and it was a nice Aww. thing to do. Aww. Yeah. Get I mean, everyone on your side. I mean, there there's two aspects to it, right? right. I genuinely wanted to do that, and like, I <laughs> okay. to 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 thank my parents is meaningful, and I know it meant a lot to them, right? And then there's also the more cynical thing of like, this is a great way to get the audience to like, like a, me before yes. I've even yes. said a word, like a rhetorical device. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's very impressive. And that w- and that was kind of Al's uh, uh, advice was like, it's a great way to because you know, you when you start a set. Uh-huh. your first jokes they're getting to know you but if they already feel like they know you and they're on your side it's just it will help you because you're taping a tv special yes and you want it to be good yes yeah. <laughs> right um last thing has anyone ever told you you sound like nick kroll someone did very recently really uh and it was the first time i had heard it really yeah and i then, thought this would be something like you've heard all your life no, or something like that no 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 uh it's like uncanny wow you could like do his see, like that's his laugh it's crazy that's crazy I don't know it's uh, Nick has also been a very nice person to me oh wow I opened for Nick in college 11 years to the day that my special aired on Comedy Central wow yeah and people are like why did this comic go twice <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for sitting down with me yeah this absolutely great to hear about everything that went through what mm-hmm. what the half hour recording was like um, if you want to watch if you missed Joe Quazala's half hour premiere on November 8th you can find it on cc.com or the app it's very funny I would recommend it um, do you want anything you want to plug anything uh, uh, your yeah, socials I mean, you can you can follow me on Twitter at Joe K Joe K or on Instagram at Joe Qua, or you can listen to my aforementioned uh, podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who cares about the Rock Hall (laughs) is the name of it. Um, Thank you so much again for coming by. And now we're going to play a clip from Jim Gaffigan. This was great. Thank you for having me. So nice. Thank you very much. It is good to be here in New York. I love this city. uh, It's a great city. I have lived here 10 years. I am originally from Indiana, and uh, I know what most of you are thinking, Indiana Mafia. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is, where I grew up, there was something very similar to the Mafia, (laughs) 4-H. You didn't mess. It's a different kind of pride where I'm from, you know? It's not like, we're from New York, we're tough, or we're from Texas, we like things big. It's more like, We're from Indiana, and we're going to (laughs) move. Getting out of here. Yeah. I love this. I love how New York is so multicultural. I wish I was ethnic. I'm nothing. Because if you're Hispanic and you get angry, people are like, he's got a Latin temper. But if you're a white guy and you get angry, people are like, that guy's a jerk. (laughs) 
right from him. He's a turd. Actually, the reason I look like this is because my father was from Sweden and my mother was Elton John. He was a very good mommy. The city has so many beautiful women. I don't know, but I fall in love like every 10 minutes. I'm sitting on the subway. I'm like, there's my wife. There's she. Oh, she's getting off. All right. All right, there's the woman. All right, that's a man. It's confusing. Life is a little easier for attractive people. Can we admit that? Think about it. If a stranger smiles at you and they're attractive, you think, oh, they're nice. But if the stranger's ugly, like, what do they want? Huh? Get away from me, weirdo. Some couples here. Isn't it strange when you're single, all you see are couples? And then when you're part of a couple, all you see are hookers? That guy's, that's wrong. That's wrong. I, uh, I am single, I don't drink. It's kinda, it's kinda hard to get a woman buzz when you don't drink. You'll be like, uh, yeah, I'll have a glass of water and uh, you want a shot of Jaeger? You want eight of them? When you don't drink, people always need to know why, too. They're like, you don't drink? Why? This never happens with anything else. You don't use mayonnaise? Why? Are you addicted to mayonnaise? Is it okay if I use mayonnaise? I could go outside. try and eat healthy. I uh, drink the bottled water. I feel kind of, and it makes you go to the bathroom every 10 seconds. But you know, I feel kind of silly buying the bottled water. Maybe I'm just too Midwestern. Every, every time I go in a store, I'm always like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I know I can get water free from any faucet, but uh, I want to pay for it. I'm just curious, do you have any air back there? Can I buy your garbage? It is water. How did we get to the point where we're paying for bottled water? That must have been some weird marketing meeting over in France, you know? Some French guy was sitting there, he's like, how dumb do I think the Americans are? I bet you we could sell those idiots water. Look, Pierre, the Americans are pretty dumb, but they're not gonna buy water. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> Let's just tell the Americans the water's from France. I don't know if you're like me, when they first introduced bottled water, I thought it was so funny. I was like, bottled water, they're selling bottled water. <laughs> I guess I'll try it. <laughs> ah, this is good. This is more watery than water. Yeah, this has got a water kick to it. I was looking at a bottle of water. They have nutritional facts printed on the side. Yeah, I'm no chemist, but I have a rough idea what's in water. Kind of expect to turn the bottle, see a recipe. Hmm. That's how you make ice cubes, huh? Apparently you just freeze this stuff. Oh, but you need a tray. That's how they get you. My favorite food is Mexican food. I used to be a waiter in a Mexican restaurant in Indiana, and that's where you go for Mexican. 
Mexican food's great, but it's essentially all the same ingredients. So you'd always have to, as a waiter, you'd have to deal with these stupid questions. People be like, what is nachos? <laughs> nachos? It's tortilla with cheese, meat, or vegetables. Oh, well then what is a burrito? <laughs> tortilla with cheese, meat, or vegetables. <laughs> But then what is a tostata? <laughs> Tortilla with cheese, meat, or vegetables. Well then what is, look, it's all the same. Why don't you say a Spanish word and I'll bring you something. Mexican food is great, but it is all the same. It's almost a conspiracy. It's almost like they had a meeting 200 years ago in Mexico City and one guy stood up, he was like, hey look, the reason I got everyone here is pretty simple. I figure we could rename this one entree seven times and sell it to the North Americans. The French said it would be a good idea. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts.